0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Um, I'm kicking off a a new series today uh, entitled Supernatural. And and you know, people are are all about these days the supernatural. In fact, there are television shows. There's there's a show called Supernatural. Supernatural. People are all into the the stranger things. We got any stranger things kind of people in the room, right? Like we're into these, these multidimensional, you know, kinds of places. And um, while I think those shows greatly miss the mark, they actually point to something inside of us that longs for a, another kind of dimension. And the reason is, is because we are multidimensional people. Did you realize that? We are, we are, um, Spiritual beings. We are mind, body, and what? And, and spirit. And so we are multi dimensional people as well. And so as we look to see what God's word says about the supernatural, I know what some of you are already thinking Colby, are we going to be, you know, one of those churches now? Are we going to be a weird church? Well, maybe, probably, I don't know, right? Um, but I have asked the auditorium team, you guys can go ahead and shut the doors and bring the snakes forward. And I'm going to hand, no, I'm just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Some of you are like, freaking out right now listen I'm this is no joke somebody called the church office uh back in our first or second year as a church and I answered the phone and said hello it's Elevate church and they wanted to know about the church and, and I'm like yeah we meet on on Sunday at Harding School load in load out you know kind of thing you're welcome to come here's the time and she's like okay I think I'm gonna be there I'm like oh, oh one more thing like this is I'm not even kidding I did this like one more thing hey um you need to bring your own snakes there was silence on the other end of the phone, right? I'm like, I'm just kidding. You know, I hope you show up. I don't know if they ever came or not. But, <laughs> but we're in this series called Supernatural because we have so many questions about this. And God's Word talks so much about, about supernatural things like heaven and hell and angels and demons and the spiritual realm. And, and what my, my hope is is that over the next several weeks we can de-spookify in this spooky season, right, you know, in this spooky month, despookify spookify what God's Word says about the supernatural and how we should approach these topics that are often misunderstood or they're often, um, you know, taken out of context or worse yet, ignored altogether. Because I think one of the worst things we can do is ignore what God's Word says about the supernatural. In fact, Churches make two common mistakes. One is that many times they'll overemphasize the supernatural stuff. And they're, you know, to the point where there's a, a demon or a devil behind every rock and behind every tree. And if, and if you get in a wreck, you know, that was Satan's fault. Satan caused me to, to, you know, wreck, you know, the car when it could be, right, that you were, you know, popping those 10 bits on the way to work and one fell between your, you know, you're trying to pick it up. Or it could be you are, you know, driving to work while eating cereal and putting on makeup. Kristen. Back in the day. So a lot of times we blame things, right, on on demons or on, on the devil. Well, the devil made me flunk my test. No, he didn't. You didn't study. Or on the positive side of things, you know, we'll pull up to Walmart and there's a spot up front. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Favor ain't fair. Blessings from God. You know, He gave me that spot up front. Maybe, probably not. But there's so many things that are misunderstood about this, and a lot of times we can overemphasize supernatural things. But I think more often than not, we underemphasize the spiritual, underemphasize heaven and hell. And things like angels and demons and the role that they play in our lives. And, and people will get, I get it, they'll say, you know, I'm not sure I can get into all that. I'm not sure if I can wrap my mind around that. That's, that's really out there, and I understand that. So what I want to do in the next several weeks, again, is to help us form a biblical perspective on what we would call, and what the Bible would call, supernatural. And the best place to start, of course, is God's Word. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. So right away, there's a heavenly realm. It says he made things, the thing that we can see, and all the things we what? Can't see. So the stuff we can see with our natural eyes, he's created, but then there are things that we can't see with our natural eyes, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. 2 Corinthians 10 says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world, though we live in a natural world. The Bible says there's another world, a world that is unseen, right? The supernatural world, and there's this war that is raging. Colby, who's the war between? It's, it's literally this war between good and evil, the war between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. This is how we engage in this spiritual battle. We don't fight with worldly weapons. We don't go to battle with nukes and nunchucks. You know, come on, somebody. Like, that's not how we fight. Instead, right, we engage in the battle with spiritual weapons like prayer and like faith and like God's word. That's why it's important to hide his word in our heart. So there's this very real battle that is taking place. How do we battle Ephesians 6.10? gives us some insight, finally, be strong. In who? The Lord. And in his mighty power, because you and I, we can't do it on our own. We're not strong enough. We don't have the the ability to, to engage in this battle in our own strength. So it says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against who? The devil's schemes. You need to understand something. You have a spiritual enemy. His name is is Satan. And by the way, he hates your guts. In fact, it's not that he wants to hurt you. It's that he wants to hurt God. And he wants to hurt God by hurting what God loves the most, which is you. His image bears those that he created in his image. Satan wants to take us out because he knows how much it hurts God. So put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. But instead, it's against the rulers and the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Listen, I am not gonna give you Colby's opinion in this series. I'm just gonna tell you what God's word says. He says there is a natural world that we live in, the world that we can see with our own eyes, but there is also a spiritual realm where, where evil is in this battle against, against good, against the kingdom of God. And the battle is not against people. Can I just tell you something? Your battle is not against Washington, D.C. Your battle is not against Republican or Democrat. Your battle is not against, against Hollywood, Parents. It's not, as much as we want to say it is, it's not against TikTok, it's not against Snapchat, your battle is not against flesh and blood. Hey, your battle is not against the Bills, Steelers fans. (laughs) I know that game's today. (laughs) It's not against the the Steelers, Bills fans, right? Your battle's not against flesh and blood. Your battle's not against your boss at work, who you'd say is the the boss from hell. Your battle's not against your, your boss from hell. Your battle is against the powers and principalities of this dark world. It says, the the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we live in a physical world, but there is more that's happening. There's a spiritual world that is just as real. And so in order for us to even continue in this conversation, we need to first understand this truth, write this down, that all that you see is not all there is to see. All that you see, in in other words, there is more than what meets the eye. There's all that you see in the natural, with your natural eyes, but there's a whole other world, a supernatural, a spiritual world that is just as real. All that we see is not all there is to see. Like right now, we see a room, we see lights, we see platform, we we see people, but that's not all that's happening around us. And for some of you, can I tell you, this is great news. Because for those of you that are in the fight of your life, for those of you that, that walked into this room maybe alone or, or depressed or filled with anxiety or have no hope, can I tell you something? You know what this means? You are not alone. You're not alone. All that we see is not all there is to see. And none of us are alone in our fight. You're not alone. If you could be going through the fight of your, your life right now, and you're struggling, but you are not alone in this fight. You are never alone in your battles. In fact, there's a great story in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, in verse 15, and we might talk more about this in the coming weeks, but it talks about a time when Israel was at battle against the king of Aram, and there was this servant of a well-known prophet named Elisha. And he's having this this freak out moment. He's wigging out because he wakes up one day and he sees that they are surrounded by the enemy on all sides. In fact, this is what the Bible says. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. And he said, oh, my Lord, what shall we do? And, And rightly so, he's. He's freaking out because they're surrounded on all sides. They're outmanned. They're outgunned. They are outmatched. They're like, we don't have anybody to hardly fight. But Elisha says this. He says this. I love this. Don't be afraid because those with us are more than those with them. You know, those on your side are more than those with them. And I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it sometimes can feel like you are alone in your fight, but let me remind you, you are never alone. Verse 17, so Elisha prayed this, and here's my prayer for us over these next several weeks. Lord, open our eyes. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and he saw the hills were, what, full of horses and chariots of fire all around God, would you just open our eyes, give us a glimpse as to, to what is happening all around us into the spiritual world. Because when he did, he realized that God's army was there, that God's warriors were everywhere. He was not in this battle alone. Some of you need to hear that today. You are not in your battle alone. There's another world, a spiritual world. There's more to see than just what we we see. In fact, here's another principle that's important as we engage in this, this series, and that is this your prayers are powerful. Because you're not alone, because there is more to see than just what we see, you need to realize your prayers have power. Anybody ever feel like they, they pray and pray and pray and nothing happens? Awesome, just me. God answers all your prayers all the time. <laughs> Great, I'm glad I have such a spiritual church, right? Well, in my life, right, it can feel like sometimes God's not even answering my prayers, that there is, is no movement whatsoever. In fact, there's a, a great old Garth Brooks song, and I can, I can get down with some Garth Brooks. It's called Unanswered Prayers. He said some of God's greatest gifts, right? He's like, oh, are <laughs> unanswered prayers. And it's a great song, but can I tell you something? It's bad theology. Because God always, always, always answers prayers. Here's the disclaimer, though. He rarely answers them according to your plan or purpose, (laughs) according to the way that we would have him answer. He answers them according to his plan and purpose. He always, though, answers prayers. James 5.16 tells us that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. When you pray, it's powerful. It has has, uh, an impact. There's a great example of this um, from uh, the, the the book of Daniel, Daniel was praying, and nothing was happening, or so he thought. Um, nothing was happening, unlike most of you in this room. God always answers your prayers. But he was praying. He's like, nothing's happening. And in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, the angel s- says this. Uh, he comes to him and says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the what? Since the first day. Since the first day you started praying. Since the first day you brought your, your request to God uh, and, and pray for understanding, and you humbled yourself. Your requests have been heard in heaven. You see that? From day one, the moment you started praying, God started moving. God was moving on your behalf. The angel continues, said, I've come in answer to your prayer, but, and then he explains the reason for the delay, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, like listen to this, like really listen to this. A spirit prince of Persia blocked my way. And then another angel, Michael, an archangel came and he helped me. And they battled together in a spiritual realm and I left him there with a the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. How, how intense is that? That's what's going on. Daniel prayed, and as soon as he prayed, God heard his prayer and began to respond. And for 21 days, there was this this fight happening in a spiritual realm. And then another angel had to show up and gave him enough time to be able to go and tell Daniel his prayers are being answered. Is that not crazy? 21 days. Why? Because all that we see is not all there is to see. You are not alone in your fight. And your prayers are powerful, they're powerful. There is a very real battle that is going on around us and it's not against flesh and blood. And the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this, this world. We have a spiritual enemy that we are up against. His name is Satan and what does he do? I wanna give you, I wanna give you five things quickly that, that, that the enemy does because how many of you know, we need to know who we're fighting in order to know how to fight. And these five things begin with the letter B. This is gonna be a good Baptist five-point sermon, all alliteration, all right? So just all begin with the letter B. But we need to know, when when teams go in and watch game film, like of their opponents, what are they doing? They're assessing them, They're, they're... They're examining their attack and the way they move on the offensive so that they can defend against them or so they can find their weak points. And that's what we're doing. We need to understand how our enemy is going to fight. And so one of the first ways Satan fights is this right here. Write it down. He's a blinder. He's a blinder. He loves to blind you. He loves to blind your mind. Specifically, the Bible says he loves to blind the mind of un believers. You know what that means? That means some of you, you walked into this room and you're like, Colby, I don't even know what I believe. I don't know if I believe in God. Or some of you even are in this room or are online, you'd say, I definitely don't believe in God. So as I talk about scripture and as we talk about, about God, your mind is going to wander. Your mind is going to wonder, you know, did I leave the garage open when I left home, right? Or, or you know, are we Is the oven on? Or I think we're out of butter. And you're texting your wife right now. Honey, are we out of butter? Like your mind is going to wander. Why? Because Satan is a blinder. He loves to blind our minds. Why, Colby? Because he does not want you to hear the truth. Because when you hear the truth, what? The truth will set you free. When you hear truth and you experience truth, that truth begins to change you. And so the last thing your enemy wants you to do is change. He doesn't want you to change. He wants you to stay where you are. In fact, some of you might even say with a little attitude, Colby, I'm only here because somebody invited me. And I thought it'd be the polite thing to do to finally get them off of my, my back. I'm not really here to pay attention. That's because the enemy wants to blind your mind. Where do I get this from? 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says it this way. The God, that's the little g God, so that's Satan, the God of this age, has done what? Say it out loud. He has blinded. He's blinded the minds of unbelievers. Why? So that they cannot see the light of the gospel. The last thing he wants you to do is see the truth. He's a blinder. You know what else he is? Write this down. He's a burglar. He's a robber. He's a thief. The Bible says he he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal. He's a, a burglar. What does he want to steal? He wants to steal the word of God from you. If you're anything like me, sometimes I'll hear something. Um, in, in a message or I'll read something in God's word and it will ignite something in my heart. And I'll be like, man, that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. It piques my spiritual curiosity. And no sooner do I walk out of the doors that he takes that thought from me. Has that happened to you before? Like, you know you wanna make some change in your life or something connected, some dot in your life that wasn't connected before, and you walk out the doors and it's gone. Why? Because he is a burglar. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 13, 19. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, look who shows up. The evil one comes and he snatches away what was sown in a person's heart. He's a snatcher. He's a swiper. Swiper, no swiping. He's like, (laughs) right? He's a burglar. He's a burglar because he doesn't want things to take root in your life. He doesn't want you to hide that word in your heart. He doesn't want it to make a difference in your family or in your workplace or in your marriage. He is a blinder, he's a burglar. Here's a third thing, write it down. He's a binder. He wants to bind you up. He wants to bind you up by setting traps that will that will ensnare you, traps that will hold you captive. The Bible says that to that sin that so easily entangles us, he wants to bind you in a lifestyle of destructive sin patterns in your life so that you can't gain traction, so that you you can't move forward. And just so you're not surprised that he will always try to bind you in the, the very same area where you are seeking a breakthrough. You know what I'm saying? In, in that area uh, of vulnerability or weakness in your life, that area that you know you need to change, guess what? That's exactly where he strikes. I don't think that the enemy has to cause you to, to, to go from one thing to the next to the next to the next to, to have this, this pattern where you just fall deeper and deeper and deeper. If he can keep you stuck in the same thing over and over, and he will tempt you exactly where you need a, a breakthrough. Like for me, if I'm weak in a certain area, guess what? That's exactly what he's going to target. Just as you and I are reviewing game film of the enemy, guess what? He's reviewing game film on you. And he knows exactly your weak points. He knows exactly where you might, might break. Say you want to leave a, a party lifestyle, and you're like, man, I'm so done with this. I'm sick and tired of, of staying up. I'm sick and tired of going out and, and, and feeling ashamed and guilty and broken. I'm sick and tired of making these terrible decisions like I'm done with it. How many of you know as soon as you say you're done, your phone rings. Hey, boo, what you doing tonight, right? Is that not true? Or your friends show up at your house with a cake. Hey, let's, let's go and party. Like he knows exactly where to target you. Say so you want to purify your mind. You're going to break the addiction of pornography. Well, no sooner do you say that than an image pops up on your phone. Creating lustful thoughts once again. Or, or you're trying to get out of debt. You're like, I'm done. I'm tired of the borrower being a slave to the lender. I'm going to break free. I'm going to stop spending, you know, more than I make. And then you go to the mall and you see those big puppy dog eyes staring at you through the cage. And you buy a dog on credit. What is wrong with you? Got a dog on layaway at the mall he wants to bind you up to keep you stuck from ever moving forward he will tempt you right in the area you need a breakthrough and here's how it's explained in scripture in second timothy it says and one day they will come to their senses and they'll escape from what they'll escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive, not to do God's will, of course, but to do the will of Satan, to do the devil's will. So he will blind you. He's a blinder. He's a burglar. He's a binder. Write this down. He's a blocker. He's a blocker. He wants to block God's will and God's work in your life. Like, say you were to get a vision from God about making some impact in your, your life. Your enemy will try to block you from making that impact. Say so you hear a teaching on, on being financially free, and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm finally getting out of debt. How many of you know the next day your car blows up? Or the next day, you know, you have to replace a, a washer or, or a dryer. He's a, a blocker. That's it. We're going to have a great marriage. I'm going to put Jesus at the center of our marriage. How many of you know the next day you have the fight of the decade? Come on, couples. This is why I don't like to do relationship series because every time we do, Kristen and I, for that whole week leading up to it, we're fighting. (laughs) It's true. Because he's a, a blocker. So you want to share your faith with someone at work and you finally have an opportunity and they they ask you, hey, how how is it you have hope? How is it you are the way that you are and you're getting ready to tell them that you have hope in Jesus and that they can have it too and their phone rings because he is a, a blocker. We have spiritual opposition. There are forces of darkness trying to block you from doing what God wants you to do. Again, not opinion, not speculation about how the enemy works. Look at it, First Thessalonians 2.18. Paul said this, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul did, again and again, but what happened? Satan, he blocked us. He stopped us. He wanted for us to press pause on the work of God. So he's a, a blinder. He's a burglar. He's a binder. He's a blocker. Here's the last one I want to give you. He's a breaker. And he's a breaker. Again, he really wants to hurt God by hurting you. And by breaking things in your life. He wants to destroy things. He wants to to take you out. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to what? Devour. To destroy. to, to, To break down. And notice real quick, you know, Peter compares him to a lion, which is from the cat family. So Satan, cats. I think we all see the connection right here. (laughs) I'm just kidding, cat people, chill. But he's prowling around. And he's looking for someone to destroy, someone to break. And by the way, he's he's doing it now. Can I take him out? Can I take her out? Can I I drive a wedge in that relationship and in that marriage? Can I hurt God by hurting them? That's his goal. Colby, what does he want to break? He, He definitely wants to break your marriage. And he loves divorce. Why? Because God hates divorce. Now, listen, God does not hate divorced people. He does not hate people who have experienced divorce, but He hurts that you've had to experience it. He knows the pain that it causes. He wants to break your family, He wants to break your children. He wants to create so much confusion and identity turmoil in their life through comparison and through social media. And he wants to break your children. He wants to to get them hooked on, on drugs and pornography. He wants to let us have a desensitized view of morals. He wants to break that, he wants to break your finances. Why, because he knows that, that there's nothing like finances to, that can cause so much worry and struggle and strife. In a relationship, he wants to break your health. He loves sickness, he loves disease. He wants to break your relationship with God. He wants to break you with sin. In your life, keeping you stuck, he's hoping that that will disqualify you from sharing your, your story. With people sharing the story of Jesus, but what he doesn't realize is that your sin doesn't disqualify you, by the way. Your sin is a prerequisite to coming to a a real relationship with God through Jesus. In fact, of all the ways Satan wants to break us, you know, and, and of all the ways he he's smart and he's wise in areas of our life, he's still an idiot. Because the very area he wants to break us, he does not realize that it's only when we break we have a breakthrough. It's only when we break are we drawn by God through his son to Christ. It's in that breaking, like I'm, I'm getting ready to say, hey, devil, go ahead and break me because it's in my brokenness and my weakness that God's strength has been perfected. Come on, I wish I could get an excited church today. Break us, break us. But he's a breaker. He wants to break you. He wants to destroy and devour you. So how do we fight this battle? I'll have the band come help me close this thing down. Ephesians 6, 13 says this. Therefore, put on that full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, because it's coming, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm. How? With the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. He says, in addition to this, uh, take up the shield of faith so that you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, so that you can extinguish, man, I wish if the youth could get anything, they would get this right here. because they're so vulnerable and the enemy would love to shoot these these darts of accusations at who they are and their identity and cause confusion and disruption. He says, take up your shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which by the way is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit. How often? On all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. How do we do spiritual battle? We start with the head and we put on that helmet of salvation. And here's what you need to understand. You are not saved, Christ follower, because of anything you've done. But only by what Jesus has done. It's a free gift of grace through faith in Jesus. Not by our good works, the Bible says, so that none of us can boast and brag about it but just by what he's done. But when we understand that, when we put on the helmet of salvation, our mind is protected. So our identity is secure. So we can go into this fight, in this battle, knowing exactly who we are. Because we have on the helmet of salvation, he says, put on the the breastplate of righteousness. You know what the breastplate covers? It covers your heart. covers our heart. And the Bible says that our heart above everything else is deceitful. In fact, it says the the wickedness, you know, of man who could who could know like our heart is is deceitful. But when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, it it protects that it protects against our deceitful heart. And so when God looks at us, he doesn't see the deceitful heart. You know what he sees? His son, the righteousness of Jesus covering our lives. It's just like when the, the prodigal son came home after spending everything that his father gave him after sitting in the the pigsty eating pig food. He came home dirty and poor with nothing. And what did the father do? He covered him with his robe. He says, I don't see the filth. I don't see the shame. I don't see, I see the guilt. I just see this robe of righteousness covering you. That's what we are to put on. He says the robe of, the, the breastplate of righteousness. And then it says, when the enemy wants to hurl darts your way, fire accusations at you try to tear you down with negative thoughts because how many of you know the majority of our thoughts, we've been told are negative, are critical about who we are. But if we have the shield of faith, when the enemy says you're not worth it, you're no good, you'll never change, you can never be different, your marriage is always gonna be broke, you're always gonna be busted. No, you throw up the shield of faith and say, my God says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. My God says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My God says I am blessed going in and blessed coming out. My God says he made the blacksmith and so no weapon formed against me. Come on, shall prosper. That's what my God says. And so I extinguish those darts from the enemy, and then I also have the belt of truth. You gotta have the belt of truth when you're going into battle, because number one, nobody wants their pants falling down in battle, right? That's not very intimidating. But how many of you feel confident when you're just armed with truth? When you just know where you stand? the belt of truth, the the shoes of the gospel of peace. Man, that's critical in a fight. That's critical when you get that diagnosis or that prognosis and people look at you and say, how is it you are filled with peace? How is it you are so calm in the middle of that fight? You know how I'm calm? Because I have the shoes of the gospel of peace. And so I have this supernatural peace that no one can understand. In the middle of my fight. So you put on those shoes and you, of course, have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You are to hide God's word in your heart. You need to fight like Jesus fought. You need to FLJ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to FLJ it. Fight like Jesus. Because when Jesus was tempted by the enemy three different times, you know what he used against him? The word of God. He said, yeah, yeah, I understand you say this, but God, it is written, right? It is written. And three different times he challenges him and finally the enemy flees from him. Now notice this real quick. With all this stuff in your weaponry and your armor, everything that I've just read covers your front side, but you're still vulnerable on your backside. You need someone guarding your six. Hey, hey, guys. Girls, brotherhood, sisterhood, we're not doing this to get you guys to come to something else. We're doing this because you're vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. And we need people in our lives that know us, that know things about us, that know what we are capable of doing. And then it says, and I'm done with this, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. You know how powerful that is? If you're a believer, you have access to the throne room of God through your prayers. I think sometimes we don't do it because we don't believe it. We don't believe that that all that we see is not all there is to see. We sometimes don't believe that we are not, you know, fighting this battle alone sometimes don't, don't understand this, that our prayers are, are more powerful than we even know. But as we do, as we realize this, so let me just sum it all up. Colby, what you got for me at the end of the day? Make it count on Monday. Here it is. Write this down. Above all else, we fight from victory, not for it. Come on, your fight is from it. In fact, scripture says in 1 John 4:4, you dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Let's stand to our feet. God, I pray that right now as we worship you, you would meet us here and you would have us realize that our fight, God, is not with flesh and blood. But our fight is already won because you have won in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations, welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.